Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. Matthew chapter 2, verse, I'll be reading Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12 this morning. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the service, uh, on the church calendar, this is still Christmas. And so it is appropriate uh, to consider the story of the wise men. Um, you may or may not know, uh, but the, uh, you know, in, the, in the manger scenes, there's always Jesus in the manger in the stable, and the shepherds are there, and the wise men are there. It didn't happen at the same time. Uh, in fact, this is a particularly appropriate story for you know, the second Sunday of Christmas, a little bit removed. We don't know exactly when this happened, but it was probably a, it was a good time after Jesus was actually born. Uh, so Jesus is, is in a house now. They're staying in, in the vicinity of Bethlehem. We don't know exactly why or where or exactly what's going on. Um, but these wise men have come from the east to worship Jesus. And so the question for us this morning as we read this is, it is the second Sunday of Christmas as a reason to talk about the wise men, but it is also the start of a new year for us. So as we begin a new year, as we think about what we want 2022 to be for us, what do the wise men have to teach us this morning? How can this be more than just a part of the Christmas story, but really something that makes a difference in our lives? To read Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them, where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them, until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that these things that happened so long ago were written down and preserved for us. That what was meaningful to your people back then is still your word for us today. So we pray now that as we reflect on your word, that you would speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. That this word would not merely be information for our heads, but transformation for our hearts. Changing the way we think, the way that we feel, and the way that we live. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's a new year. How many of you have a resolution for the new year? Not very many. 
It's some, some people, or you're not willing to raise your hands. I am, I am all in favor of New Year's resolutions. They are, they are a good thing. I am not here to knock New Year's resolutions. I am not here to say that you shouldn't think about what you want for the coming year. But you should think about whether you're looking for what you want for the coming year or whether you're looking for what God wants for the coming year. Because this story in Matthew, if you think about what, what is this story really about, the story of the wise, and like, oh, it's nice, the wise men came to worship Jesus and they brought him presents. But what is this really about? There's really two questions that run through this story. And the questions are, who is the king? And what does it mean to worship? Those are the two words that we see going back and forth throughout this. In fact, it starts back at the beginning. It's emphasized, whoops, wrong way. It's emphasized here. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Couldn't just say Herod. It had to be Herod the king. And then again in verse 3, when Herod the king saw this, see, Herod thinks he's king, but the wise men have come to worship the one who has been born king of the Jews. Who is the king? And what does it mean to worship him? And as we set off on a new year, as we think about resolutions, that question of who is the king, then is, is a really important question. When we set our New Year's resolutions, are we looking at the right kings? Are we making ourselves kings, thinking about what we want? Or are we looking at God as our king, asking what does he want? What does he want from us? And what is our worship? There is a sense in which our New Year's resolutions really are an act of worship. What are we choosing to love this year? What habits are we going to develop? Which way are we going to turn our hearts in the new year? Who and what are we going to worship? That's the question that is before us. And we know that our problem is that we so often get caught worshiping the wrong kings. That's our problem. And the story of the wise men tells us, the main thing this tells us about God, about God is that the God sets our true king. And that all must worship him. The thing, the thing that is significant here is that these are wise men from the east. From, these are from another land. Matthew is showing us that all nations are coming to worship the king of the Jews. It turns out that this baby born king of the Jews is not just king for the Jews after all. He is king for the whole world. So the main thing we need to know this morning is that God has set our true king over all of us. That the baby Jesus who was born was not just for a particular people. He was for all people. And all people should be like the wise men and should recognize the true king that is born. And then what does that look like when we recognize, when, when, we, when, when, when we know that God has set our king? What does the response to that look like? It is to worship him. And how? To worship him with joy. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. This was a joyful quest by the wise men. So as we go into the new year, the question for each of us is what quest are we setting out on? And who is controlling that quest? There is no better quest, no better resolution for 2022 than to follow the wise men, 
to say, just as those wise men saw the star and they came to worship the king, we too will take our journey in 2022 to worship the true king because God has made Jesus king over all of us. So what, what more can the wise men tell us about what this looks like? What does it look like to worship him with joy? How can we do that? What are the steps we can take? I'd offer you three things that we see here in this passage to realize that God sets our true king and that we are worshiping him with joy. And so the first is that we must recognize the true king. The second is that we must resist the false kings. And the third is that we must give our treasure with joy. So we recognize the true king, we resist the false kings, and we give our treasure with joy. We see recognizing the true king, of course, back, back in verse 1, the wise men knew what they saw. Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now we don't know, this is all we know about these wise men. We have no idea exactly who they were, exactly where they came from, or how they knew that whatever they saw meant that the king of the Jews had been born. But somehow these men knew. They recognized the true king. They recognized that even from far off, they needed to make a journey to come to worship him. How'd they recognize it? And at some level, they were paying attention. That's really the call to us. If we're going to recognize the true king, we've got to pay attention. So we don't, we don't know for sure, but there is, it is likely, and the, the, the scripture quotation suggests this too, when, Herod gets, uh, when they get there and ask Herod where the king is supposed to be born, they're looking for him, and he asks the, other, the wise men in Jerusalem, and they have this quotation from the Old Testament. Now, we don't know for sure, but there's a good chance that these wise men did already have some knowledge of the scriptures, of the Hebrew scriptures that we call the Old Testament. So it doesn't tell us exactly where from the east they came, but we know from the biblical history that God's people had been dispersed around the world, around the known world, which would have been including out to the east, Babylon, Persia, and those places. And if you, uh, if you were here last year at this time, we were going through the book of Daniel. And Daniel had become a wise man in the court of Babylon and later in the court of Persia. So there is a good chance, don't know for sure, but a good chance that these wise men from the east were in that tradition of Persian wise men coming from the prophet Daniel. And so that there was some knowledge of the Hebrew scriptures there. It's even possible that they had some Jewish uh, ancestors because while some of the Jews had come back to Israel, many of them had stayed dispersed, including out in Persia. So there was some awareness they knew some things that were going on. And so we also need to pay attention. We need to pay attention to the story. We need to look and read and search the scriptures. What, what could you do in the new year? What could God be calling you to? One thing that God could be calling you to is to spend more time reading his word. You can talk to Suzanne about this past year. She's not gonna do it in 2022, but in 2021, she read through the whole Bible takes about three chapters a day. It was a significant commitment of daily Bible reading and catching up when she fell behind. But it was richly rewarding for her. And she'd tell me things like, man, Numbers is actually kind of interesting. Jeremiah's a little bit boring. So, but, but you see the whole story in a new way. So maybe you want to set out on a new plan of Bible reading. Maybe you want to commit to using the Daily Prayer Project. 
This won't take you through the whole Bible in a year, but it'll take you through the whole Bible and then some in three years. If you read morning and evening, just a little bit each morning and evening, it'll take you through along with prayers and songs to worship God. Because as we do this, as we soak ourselves in God's word, we recognize more what he is doing. And our hearts are shaped to recognize the true king. So we must recognize the true king. The second thing we see here is that we must resist the false kings. See, Herod, Herod the king, Herod the king, Herod the king heard this, Herod the king did this. And what does Herod do here? Herod is a liar. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. That sounds nice, doesn't it? Oh, Herod is going to bow down. But we know from the rest of the story from verse 12, they were warned not to return to Herod, so they left. And then Herod's response is to kill all the children. Herod was a liar. And this is how the false kings are. The false kings do not show up to us and say, hey, I'm a false king. Follow me and, and, and not God. Instead, they lie to us. And so our false kings, they may not be kings like Herod, but the false kings that tempt us like money, that lies to us and say, oh, if you get enough of me, you'll be secure and safe. And then you'll be able to do good, but get enough of me first. The false kings like political leaders that say, hey, put your faith in me and I'll make everything right for you. The false kings like popularity that say, if you could just have some more friends, more people who liked you, then you won't be sad and lonely and depressed. The false kings like ease and comfort that say, just take care of yourself. You'll have time to take care of other people later. They're sneaky. They're sneaky. They always say, oh, oh, a little bit later. Oh, we'll help you find your way to God. But it's not the true king. It's not God himself in the Bible. So we have to resist these false kings. Now, part of the way we do that is by, the first part is recognizing the true king. If we're soaked in God's word so we know what is true, we are better able to resist the false kings. But we also have to test them carefully. When we say, what are people, what messages am I receiving? What messages am I embracing in my own heart? What messages am I hearing from other people? And what are they telling me? Are they telling me to be afraid? Do I really need to be afraid? Are they telling me truthfully to be afraid? Or do I really need to fear God alone? Is God, has God got this? Yeah, I think God has still got this. So we pay attention to what we are hearing and we resist the false kings. We recognize the true king, we resist the false kings. And then finally, we give our treasure with joy. These wise men came in pure joy and worship. They fought, the star went before them until it came to rest to the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. See, if God sets our true king and we must worship him and align ourselves to him, what does that mean? What does that look like? It looks like giving our treasures with joy. The wise men came on a long and difficult journey. Field and fountain, moor and mountain, all that kind of stuff. Probably not. It was really just a lot of desert. But, but it was a hard journey nonetheless. 
And they came because they knew that Jesus was worth it. And worship was worth it. Does the baby Jesus need gold and frankincense and myrrh? We don't really know. I mean, his parents were not rich. Maybe these things were actually valuable and worthwhile to them as a family. But that doesn't really seem to be the point of the biblical text. The point of the biblical text is that the wise men gave of their hearts. They gave gifts for a king. Not that the king needed them, but because their hearts needed to be changed. They needed to lay down their hearts in worship. For this is the heart of worship, is to give our treasures joyfully. And the treasure that we give can be different things. Again, it's a new year. It's a time for new habits, new things to think about, to make resolutions. We talked a couple weeks ago in our quarterly community chat about generosity and about what it means to give from the heart, to give tithes, to give, to maybe start with just 1%. If you give 1%, then maybe 2%. If you give 2%, maybe 3%. Trying to get up to 10%. Or maybe you cap off your income and say, I'm giving the rest away. Why do we do this? Because it's an act of worship. Does God need our money? No, he doesn't need our money. God has all the money in the world. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The baby that they were giving these gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh to was the baby that had made the entire world. He did not need them, but we need to give them. And so this is our commitment for the new year that the wise men are showing us the way. That whatever we think we want in this year, we need to step back and say, no, no, no. What does God want for me? What is God calling me to do? And see, when we give our treasures with joy, whether those are our monetary treasures that we give with joy in a regular commitment or giving away here and giving away there, giving away in different ways, whether there are time treasures where we say, I'm going to invest time in the life of the church, in the life of service and outreach, in the lives of other people, whether we're going to invest our stuff in sharing our possessions with others, in sharing our houses with others, whether we're going to invest our time and our stuff and our money in hospitality, in having people over, in welcoming them in. However we are giving our treasures, this is another way that we are, our hearts are shaped to recognize the true king and to resist the false kings. See, if money is lying to us as a false king and saying, just get some more of me and I'll take care of you, if we're giving it away every month without thinking about it, it kind of lessens the power of that false king and says, well, I don't, I don't need you money. You are not my king. I'm giving you away because God is my king and God is trusting me. And so we recognize the true king. We resist the false kings. We give our treasure with joy because God has set the true king over all of us, the king for all people. And so we must worship him with joy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love to us. We thank you for your generosity to us, that you have given us all things, that you have given us our true king. We pray that in this new year, you would shape our hearts towards you to give ourselves in worship and that you would meet us in that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As God has spoken through his word, he feeds us with himself. For as you hear the quest of the wise men, as you hear the 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 challenge that God has set our true king over us and we must respond to him in worship. We must worship him with joy. You may hear that and think, 
all right, I can do that today, but it's not going to last. It's going to fall like all other New Year's resolutions. January 2nd, it looks good. January 9th, okay. January 16th, eh, not so much. But when we fall, and we will fall, God comes to us with grace. And this table is His grace to us. For at this table, at the Lord's table, Jesus says, I know who you are. I know you are weak and fallen. And I love you. And I have given myself for you. So that even as you fall down on this quest, I come to you in grace. I come to you with forgiveness. And I pick you up with bread and wine to strengthen you and make you to walk in righteousness. Jesus gave this meal to his disciples the last night before he was, the night that he was betrayed, the night before he was crucified. And that night, they all fell away. One of those to whom he gave this meal betrayed him that night. The others all ran away at different times and abandoned him. And yet he fed them. And yet he restored them afterwards. And so this morning, whether you're a member of resurrection or whether you're visiting with us, if you put your faith in Jesus and been baptized into him, you are welcome to take communion with us to come and eat and drink. No matter how far uh, you have strayed, no matter how much you have doubted, if you are coming back to him this morning and seeking to follow him in faith, this meal is for you. The, uh, if, if you haven't put your faith in him, if you're walking away from him in disobedience, if you have not been baptized into him, then I ask you not to partake of the bread and the cup. There's no magic in them in and of themselves, but their only work is they are combined with faith in Jesus. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.